What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 152. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the Northwest Group. Check them out at www.thenorthwest.com and shop their entire selection of sports, entertainment, and lifestyle throws, pillows, and much more. The Northwest Group. Discover what's next. Use promo code LOTL on your order and get 25% off. Tonight's episode, we welcome on Shoddy from the 961 Collective. Uh, Shoddy is kind enough to bring us our beverage of the week, and we'll get into that. Um, Shoddy talks about his uh, printing business, brought us a few samples, coasters, cards, um, all that, and we get into uh, his uh, quick history with Cleveland, uh, moved here from Beirut, uh, and moved to Cleveland in 2018 and started up uh, this business. And uh, he goes through how he got started, um, some of the cool projects he's worked on, um, kind of the background of why it's called 961 Collective, all that good stuff. And um, as you'll see on our social media, you can see uh, some of the um, samples that he brought in. And uh, it was a really cool uh, interview with Shadi, and we appreciate him not only providing the beverage of the week, but just uh, getting to know him a little bit better. Uh, after that, we talk a little Browns free agency, and uh, then we get into a story about Saucy Brewworks trying to get the Indians to change the name to Municipals. We get into that, and we do some more uh, Indians name change talk. But uh, uh, before that, the aforementioned beverage of the week provided by Shoddy of 961 Collective. Here we go. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast. Good evening. <laughs> that was <laughs> happy three sixteen day, everybody. All right. Uh, anyhow, uh, <laughs> good evening, everyone. Um, well, it's probably morning when you're hearing this. Oh uh, <laughs> hell yeah! <laughs> All right. So uh, normally this is part of the episode where we do beer of the week, but we have an awesome guest tonight. We have Shadi. Uh, is it Ayub? Is that how you pronounce the last name? Yep. Okay. That's exactly how you say it. Perfect. We have Shadi Ayub from the 961 uh, Collective, um, and, which is a printing a printing company, stationery. He'll, he'll describe it in his own words the correct way. But um, he was so kind enough to bring us the, we're going to call it the drink of the week, um, uh, Shadi is Lebanese and he brought us a Lebanese liquor, uh, called Arak or something to that effect. Um, <laughs> but, um, that's how I'll pronounce it, I guess. Uh, and we have never had this before and all right, anyhow, um, so, yeah, so let's give this a taste, guys. Cheers, lads. Uh, first time, first time trying a rock. First time, a rock. long time. Cheers, guys. 
Cheers. Okay. Oh, right there's off the licorice. The bat, right off the bat, strong notes of licorice. I mean, we could kind of smell that. We can kind of smell that. Is it... Um, so, Shadi, what do you know? What, 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 what do we need to know about this beverage? Like, um, it, it's pretty boozy to, to start off, but um, so I like that. it's made actually from grapes, and okay. it's uh, triple distilled. So the first, you know, the first round of distillation, they they get the alcohol from the grapes, and then the second distillation, they add the aniseed to it. And which is the flavor you're you're starting to taste? Okay, the, okay, okay. And then the third one kind of refines it into this fine like liquor that is stable and you can mix with water. And just like you saw, it's it's pretty cool because it's clear. And then when you mix it, it turns into this milky white color. Yeah, I did notice that. It was really cool. It almost looked like a science experiment <laughs> when we <laughs> when I was uh, pouring the water in. Um, yeah, no, it's a beautiful looking drink. The flavor is so different than anything I've ever had. It is. It is. There's a lot of uh, notes and, you know, they're flowery and the aniseed is just, I don't know, at least to me, it's very refreshing. It's uh, it's a perfect summer drink. And uh, we usually, uh, over there, we, we drank this with the Lebanese appetizers and food in general, you know, either with the barbecue or the hummus, uh, baba ganoush, uh, kibbe, all that kind yes, of all the good stuff. Uh, cuisine, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this is fascinating. I mean, let's go around the room and we can kind of give our two cents. So, um, obviously we know Shoddy likes it. Uh, it's, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's, it's one of his go-tos. Um, I, I've never had anything like this. Um, what's the other black licorice drink I do like though? Uh, Jaeger, right? Or is it Jaeger? Is Jaeger? Is Jaeger a black licorice? Jaeger bombs. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, have you ever had Jaeger, Shoddy? I did. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a big Jaeger fan, like not ironically, okay. like I actually like it. <laughs> and because of that, I actually feel like I could get used to this. I would probably want to try different mixes, maybe some soda water or like something. Red Bull. Yeah. I don't know about a Red Bull, <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I you, do, you, you know, I rock and Red Bull. Bull. Yeah, no, I do like this though. Just with water and the ice. I don't know how, like, I probably yeah. wouldn't do more than a drink, like one, one, one of these, at least as I'm getting used to it. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, I think, I think it'll grow on you. Yeah. It's probably something like, like, you know, a lot of people like I'm, you know, I'm Mexican and, and like tequila and mezcal stuff like that. I, I, I like yeah. it. I can drink it straight. Not everyone can do that or at least not right off the bat. So I feel like it's just one of those things that you have to get yourself accustomed to. So yeah. What do you oh, think, yeah. Dan? And, oh. and the thing is, uh, was, you know, it's very similar mid-goal. to the Greek, uh, Uzo. Yes, I've had um, Uzo. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, it's kind of the same family, but the the Greek Uzo you can almost drink it with no water if you add a couple of pieces of ice. Whereas this one, it's you know it, it needs the water to break it down. Yeah, uh, similar also to uh, Metaxa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that as well. My um, shout out to uh, Bill across the street from my uh, from my grandmother. He's uh, 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 Greek uh, fellow, he's okay. probably in his 80s now. You go down into his basement, oh. and he's got like every single bottle of uh, uh, liquor you could think of. Wow! And uh, he has like eight bottles of Uzo and twelve bottles of Metaxa. And every time we see him, he always invites us down into his basement, which sounds kind of creepy, but it's not. It's just to <laughs> it's just to drink with him, and you know, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. Drink. Dan, yeah. you, you've also said that you've had 
Italian liqueurs and stuff that kind of are in this vein, maybe. So it's or? it's not really that similar. It's like so we have this thing called punch that it's a coffee liqueur that uh, has got has got a little bit of like a licorice type uh, uh, taste to it that we put in our coffee, like in our espresso and in our coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has like some of the licorice hints that this has, but it's a darker. It's a dark liqueur. It's not like a. It's not like a. Uh, you know, you pick up a bottle of this and it looks like vodka. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, it's yeah. clear. Yeah, um, but no, it's interesting. I, 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 the more I'm drinking it, like, like you kind of said uh, to Jordan uh, Shoddy, that the more you drink it, the more you kind of get yeah. used to it. Um, yeah, so- it, it, you grow, you grow, uh, you grow a good taste for it. Uh, so the way that this started is, the, this is the closest thing to the homemade stuff. The homemade stuff is even stronger than this. It's it's mm. almost like moonshine here. Yeah, and. Uh, what what these you know what these uh, guys in the villages would do they you know make a day of it and that's when they'll make all of their uh, for the whole year and they'd have this you know big feast and a lot of food and everybody would come by and they'd watch it start dripping and they clap and it's this ritual you know yeah for sure speaking of which how, uh, yeah it's a whole thing over there how excited are we to uh, hopefully this summer get back to uh, having cookouts and oh yeah and festivals and. Oh. Can't, uh, I can't wait. You know, oh yeah. Can't I was wait. about to say carnivals, but <laughs> yeah, you, I guess yeah, it is a thing. Yeah, I ain't no carny though. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what are you? Uh, what are you feeling? So big liquor guy over here. I know that. Yeah, we yeah. all we all know how the bourbon <laughs> episode went. Um, so yeah, I am not typically a licorice fan, but it, it and I'm not blowing smoke. It is exactly like you said. My the first sip like punched me in the head, and I was like, oh god, uh-huh. this might this might be too much. Um, but I, I added a little bit extra water and then after like a second and third sip, it's definitely getting a lot more like mellow and and easier. Like, I don't know if any, I have no idea if anybody could just drink this stuff straight. I certainly could not, but I am liking it as my ice is melting. And as after I added a little water, I'm feeling a little bit better about it. Um, it's something I would very, very, very much, uh, do on a, you know, like a special or unique occasion It probably wouldn't be a go-to, but I'm. I am pleasantly surprised that it's going better than the bourbon night did. So that's, uh, you, you, <laughs> that, that's good to hear from what I heard, you know, yeah. <laughs> the bourbon night was legendary. So, <laughs> right. You, you know what? I almost feel like this so could, yeah, that's good. I almost feel like this would be great almost like a, as a dessert. Like I eat like a steak or like a burger and all, you know, salty stuff. And then I, and I, I close out the night with like this. I don't it, know. It, it does feel, have it a, almost like refreshing. Or yeah. It's got a sweetness to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It is. It, it does have. It does have some sugar content. Uh, I mean, I think. I think the grapes, because you know they've been distilled and and then they add the anise to it. Uh, there is this weird phenomenon. The the reason I told you to. Uh oh. At the and then water and then the ice is because you know sometimes people have the urge to put the ice first, but for whatever chemistry behind it that I cannot explain. It, it, it forms a layer on the top. That's why, you know, they go with Ara and then water, and then oh. kind of when you put the ice, it doesn't do that. I don't know why. W- interesting. Huh. It's crazy. Yeah. Chemistry hour. This is, this is all kinds of crazy, this drink. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Shadi, for bringing the, 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 the drink. <laughs> That's yeah. so nice of you. Yeah. Of course. I'm glad you guys, uh, I'm glad it, 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 it passed the test. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Where did you find this? Did you, like, is it, there's like a store over here that has um, it? A liquor store? Or? So... So not all the liquor stores carry it. Uh, there's one in North Royalton, 
and there's one in Brook Park that have it. Okay. And not they don't have it all the time. So, you know, whenever I have a chance and kind of drop by, I buy a couple of bottles just to keep them, you know, in case I want to give one out just yeah. you know, just like now. Cool. But yeah. Well, that is that is such a fascinating uh, drink. I'm definitely <laughs> looking forward to giving this out to some Yeah, just like uh, sip it, sip it <laughs> easily, I guess. <laughs> sip uh, mm-hmm. with responsibility. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially with this one. Well, <laughs> well, great. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and get right into uh, our interview with you and and learn more about yeah. about who you are and who the and or what the nine six one collective, collective. Is. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Word. All right. So let's start from the top um, because we've all kind of yeah. just met each other today. I've been talking with you the last few weeks, but you know we don't know each other very well. So. Right. Let's start from the top. Yeah. In- introduce yourself how you would like to. Let's start from the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, are you from the Cleveland area? And uh, let's just go from there. <laughs> so my name is Shadi Ayub, and uh, I was born in Cleveland, but I was raised in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, you know, I, I grew up over there, spent all of my adult years and childhood over there. And I, I have a lot of family here. So I've, I've only recently came back to Cleveland and, you know, when I, when I was there, I, I started working with my father in the printing press and that's how kind of I got into printing. Uh, I come from a print family and it, it kind of, that's how it started. Now I'm here and, uh, I, I founded the 961 collective, which is, uh, letterpress printing and foil stamping studio which uses traditional machines that are from the 50s and 60s that i've restored and you know i'm i take pride in in the the quality of prints they produce given their age yeah yeah. absolutely so the print it sounds like that was kind of like the family like the family thing like printing and all that so did you learn how to use these machines from your father or did you learn how to use other machines so my, my father started the printing press in 1991 or okay. 92. I was about two years old back then. So, you know, he, he started a, it's a more of a commercial printing press, you know, for brochures, uh, books, mm-hmm. large quantity stuff. And he slowly grew the business, you know, adding machines every year and all that kind of stuff. Um, I never really worked with him growing up. I, I would just drop by, say hello, and kind of go to college. I, uh, I went to the American University of Beirut for a business degree. You know, I had plans uh, to become a, you know, work in management consulting. Mm-hmm. And as I was, you know, as I was going, finishing up my college degree, my father's health started to, you know, to deteriorate a little bit. So I figured, you know what, I'll, I'll help, I'll help out with the print shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just when things pick up, I'll just go back to consulting and take it from there. Eventually, uh, you know, uh, my, my father passed away in 2013, so oh, I had to take that. over the business. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy because I hadn't been working with him for a long while. So it was kind of a, I mean, I come from a print family, but there's a lot that goes into print. So I had to overnight learn everything and just, you know, become the boss essentially mm. and answer all these questions that I had no idea how to answer. So part of the process of learning 
more about printing was going down to the print shop on Saturdays, which we were closed on the weekends, and then ruin the paper that was already waste. So I kind of ruined the ruined papers. And that's how I'd learn, you know, this button did this, uh, adding more ink did not work. And then I'll try it again with less. And eventually I kind of fell in love with the whole process of it, the mixing of the ink, the, you know, every paper mm-hmm. reacts differently, all, all these details. And in the back end of the shop, you know, it was a commercial, more of a modern printing press, but we had a section with these Heidelbergs that were from 1950. Um, I was always drawn to them. And they, I don't know if you saw on the Instagram, uh, on the business account that they, they just look captivating, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're very steampunk. The sounds that come out of them are weird. You know, it's very mechanical and it's intriguing that something this old is still kind of operating. So I, I took interest in that and started, you know, messing with them and learning, you know, again, what does this button do? What does this lever do? And I, that's, that's how I kind of started falling into the letterpress section. And eventually I grew it as a part of the business, which was not just commercial printing, but also fine printing, which is wedding invites, you know, high end business cards, uh, hot foil stamped stationery, uh, you know, die cutting certain boxes that are special hexagon boxes or, you know, interactive stuff. And that, that's how I kind of, you know, went into the letterpress field and I, I just loved it more than the commercial printing. Yeah. It's, it has texture and you can see that there was work put into this as opposed to, you know, your average photo that is, you know, of a, let's say a couple just sitting there and, you know, just announcing a wedding, mm-hmm. whereas this one has some craftsmanship behind it. It's like, I, I, if I could jump in real quick, it, it kind of feels to me like it has like, it's like a live or something. It has character. Like you see the machine, yeah. the machine looks almost like it's a living thing. Almost. So like it has like a it's weird, got a face. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a face going up and down. Yeah. 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 And so like you add that with, when you look at the finished product and you see this beautiful stuff, like it all, it's just, it's like, it's a whole different vibe. It's a whole different, you know, game. And so, yeah. So and so, so to and clarify, you you got into the high the is it the Heidelberg Press? Is that right? Yeah, you got into that so, when you were so in Lebanon. Modern, even the modern presses that we used, you know, to print commercial stuff are Heidelbergs. They're just newer ones from early two thousands. Okay. Uh, one of okay. them, you know, one of our main machines at the time was it's called a Speedmaster, and it would print eleven thousand sheets an hour, and you can also double say flyers you would mm-hmm. double that that's twenty two thousand sheets an hour which mm-hmm. is beyond insane as far as efficiency and productivity and all that mm-hmm. you know but for some reason i just i don't know it was too fine and too clean and too you know perfect so mm-hmm. i just i don't know and then people will say why letterpress what's so special about it often when i give my business card or you know any of the cards that you guys you guys got i can almost guarantee that you brushed your finger on the letters or the the visual Mm -hmm. because it was kind of pressed in and it it only takes a second you kind of you know brush your finger and feel that it's dented and that's almost more engagement than any other 
print media will get because you know any flyer you'll get you'll just look at it for a split second and put it away whereas this one it, it made you engage with it you know it, it just you interacted with it whether you like it or not sometimes i like i give car prints or coasters to people as they're talking to me they're brushing their finger on it because you know it feels nice it's mm -hmm. it's punched into the sheet it's debossed and that that's what i think is is a very big factor you know when it comes to letterpress yeah ab absolutely so obviously we're going to dive into more about the 961 collective um, I also want to talk about, though, briefly, if you don't mind, I, I, I saw on your Instagram, you seem like you're a photographer as well. Um, yeah. Is that just yeah. a side hobby or do you do you make money with that or, or what's uh Yeah, let's talk about your photography. Oh, I think we lost him. Oh. Uh oh. You guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we can you. hear you. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know. The screen went. Okay. Um, so it started off. It started off as a hobby. Oh, I think we might have lost him again. Hmm. Let's dive in. Um, so let's uh, let's let's just start from the beginning. When did you found the 1961 collective? Like when was it founded? So so collective has been um, has been a project in the works for a couple of years, but. You know, it was effectively registered and and I started really working towards the end of 20, you know, 2019. Um, I, I came to Cleveland about two years ago and then it took a while to find these presses. They're not they're not everywhere. And then often when you find these these old machines, they've been neglected for a couple of years. So you have to restore them, clean them out, get the missing parts. So that that's what I kind of did for a couple of months, the beginning months. Um, the space that I'm renting out is in Ingenuity Cleveland. I don't know if you guys oh. used to go to the Ingenuity yeah. Festival. Oh yeah. oh yeah, we actually did. We love it. We yeah. actually we used it's to the review. place with all the colors and yeah. yeah. We used to review it on the show like early, the early oh, yeah. episodes way back when. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So it's uh, it's in one of those like they subdivided into, into different pods so you know my, the space is in one of them and it took a while to connect the power and get the machines running and restored and you know all working and whatnot but yeah so it, it started off towards the end of 2019 but effectively the machines started printing you know towards march or april of 2020 oh, which wow. was oh wow you know the beginning of the lockdown so yeah wow yeah that's yeah that must have been a scary time to be essentially starting a brand new project it, uh, it is it is i mean i i went to business school and they do not teach you how to deal with a worldwide pandemic so <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know can't imagine that's a required course but it's uh it it's challenging and it, it was great because honestly if i had gotten a lot of projects at the beginning I wouldn't have coped properly because, you know, the, the machines needed time to get calibrated and all that. Yeah. So it was it's kind of a good time to spend time on machines and get them up and running. Yeah, I um I, I saw on your on your uh, the Instagram for 961, I saw one of the stories you had saved. I, I, you kind of like cleaning up and prepping one of the machines. That was 
That yeah. looks extremely tedious. <laughs> it is. It is. And honestly, as like for me, because I'm doing it almost on a weekly basis, every week I fix something new or find something to fiddle with. But the moment you look at the pictures of when I got it and then compare it to now, that's how you kind of realize how different it, it is from when, when I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely not for everyone. It takes a lot of patience. Which is ironic because I don't have a lot of patience for a lot of things, but this <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm, I like it. I really enjoy it, man. It's a labor of love. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've already talked about the machine a bit. Uh, actually, before we do, before we talk about that more, um, how how like how much work do you often put in a week with this uh, business? So I mean, another thing that. A lot of people starting a business don't really take into account is, is the administrative side of things. You know, the website, the managing the social media, all the pricing, all the resourcing of the paper, the inks and all that. That takes a very big bulk of the time. Um, the machines are, are, you know, they take their own time, but that's kind of very predictable. The other, the other aspects take more time. Uh, I, I head to the studio almost every day, and if I don't, I'm working on the administrative stuff, and it's it takes a lot of yeah it takes a lot of time and it's it's pretty fun and rewarding and once you get a print going it's it's great yeah for sure um, I'm actually gonna go grab the samples I left them in the other room <laughs> so I'm gonna go oh, get yeah. those real quick so I can show the guys. Yeah. Um, while I'm doing that, well, I, had a, um, I had a question. Yeah, I don't know. We'll if we, Dan, I don't know if we touched on ahead. this. What is the significance of the name Nine Six One Collective? So Nine Six One is the country code of Lebanon. When you want to dial a, uh, someone in Lebanon, you have to dial Nine Six One first. Got it. And it, it was sort of an homage to where everything started, and you know where I learned everything I know about the craft, and. Essentially, when I was starting the 961 Collective, it the, the initial plan was to get a, a very big space and subdivide it into smaller spaces with different, you know, print print mediums, whether etching or you know embossing, all all, all kinds of different print mediums. But for now, it's it's a small studio in Cleveland and. We, we we take pride in using these traditional um, letterpress machines. Cool. Um, and then uh, another question I had, uh, so we're probably going out of order, but since Jordan forgot everything That's in the fine. other room. <laughs> That's just, fine. <laughs> uh, what is, uh, talk to us about one of the coolest projects that you've had um, or coolest jobs or um, something that you got to got to work on. So I, th one of the reasons I really love what I do is, seriously, every project is unique. There is almost, it's a rare occurrence when, you know, a project is exactly the same as another one. And some of them want embossing, some of them want several things, you know, printing and then cutting it in a certain shape. Uh, so, so the coasters that you actually have in your hand mm -hmm. were printed using fluorescent ink, and oh, wow. I don't know, Jordan, if you have a small black light. There, there was a small. Do you uh, have it? 
I don't have. Oh, that's what that was. Let me <laughs> let yeah. me go grab that. I thought I didn't. I Jordan's thought Jordan's got to leave again. <laughs> Sorry, let oh, me go yeah. get that real quick. I wasn't aware what yeah. that was. <laughs> so so the black light actually lights up these prints because they're fluorescent. That's that awesome. So cool. All right, I got it. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> I'm back. All right. Oh, there we go. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Let me see those. Even if, like, if you turn off the lights completely, it'll 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 shine. Will it yeah. Turn off the power cord kind of thing or no? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, don't we'll, do that. We'll have to. We'll do that. You know what? I'll do. We'll do that later. We'll take a video of it. I'll say, well, yeah. that'll be, that'll be, good that'll be, call. That'll be good for the TikTok. Yeah, that's a great. That'll be great for the TikTok. Yeah. Oh, wow, this awesome. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, we're looking at all this stuff right now. So I obviously got to check it out first. Um, but man, these coasters are gorgeous. That's like the perfect view of the skyline too. Well, we need some new business yeah, cards made I, up, so we might be hitting you up. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. I got you. Yeah, these business cards, these these are beautiful. Like you said, it's it's like the indentation that like just stands out. You know, you you feel it when you grab the card. Exactly, and 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 that's the first impression. You know, when you give it to someone, it, it says you know you went through the effort of getting an, a nicer card than the average. Absolutely. So let's talk about these while we're looking at the samples. Let's talk about these, uh, we'll say, F COVID, I miss you cards. <laughs> yeah. um, so what's the inspiration behind that? Uh, because that's well, really I mean, funny. It, it, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. That, yeah, Great be. question, Jordan. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I started, like, when I, uh, when I made the first batch of these cards, I didn't know how, like, how long they'll stay relevant. I thought it'll be a couple months, and then I'll take them off the store. A year later, and I'm getting more sales of those than anything else. So. <laughs> that is hilarious! Wow, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just a perfect. The the humor's on point. The 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 uh, font is perfect. It's like it just encapsulates like every well, every attitude that I'm sure everybody yeah. has. Yeah. <clears throat> when... um, a, a couple of people bought them from europe which you know is awesome uh london uh cool germany wow and france yeah a lot of people have been ordering them and is that, uh, on the store from all over and is that just like from they find you on like social media or like where do you get yeah, these, and, these uh, orders you know, from? I, we, we have a shop on uh, etsy okay so that's that's been driving you know a, a big portion of, of the of the work and business for these cards Speaking of that, that's so, a yeah. that's a good that's a good segue into a question I wanted to make sure to ask for listeners. Where could someone look to place an order uh, if they wanted to purchase some stationery? Like, is it the Etsy store or through Instagram or what? What what works best? So uh, we're we're expanding the Etsy store as we go, and eventually, obviously, we'll we'll move into uh, an online shop on the website. But it's now Etsy's been great for opening up the market for you know a lot of people to f find you out. Yeah. Um, every project is unique. So if someone wants business cards, it's different than coasters. It's different than envelopes or you know personal stationery. On the website, the the nine six one collective com, there is a section which you can contact and ask any questions you want. On the Etsy store. There are a few things that you can order and you can customize them. Uh, recently, we added uh, a wedding 
wedding invitation suite. So if whoever's getting married, they can go oh, on Etsy. Who's getting Who's they, getting married they look here? Up the suite. Yep. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, we know we know of a wedding that may be happening in the near future. <laughs> there you go. It's like it's like the LOTs ver- LOTL's version of the royal wedding. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Nice. Oh yeah, and and it's actually in like this royal blue, so it, it's Ooh. a beautiful template. Hey now. There you go. Yeah. Uh, if and, I know Ryan, his uh, wedding uh, colors are going to be orange and brown. Gold. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, you could use a fluorescent. Yeah, a... You could use a fluorescent orange. Yeah. <laughs> that could work. I'm sure Jim will go for that. <laughs> yeah. Laser wedding. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nothing but black light lasers. But, yeah. The, so so on Etsy, there's a, there's a couple of products that you can buy, and you can personalize them. And, you know, you'll get your cards personalized through that. Anything else, you can just send an email either on you know, through the website or reach out through Instagram and we'll, we'll send you a custom quote. Yeah. So th- this is probably a dumb question, but I'm assuming you can just send your company logo or anything like that. And you just kind of fit that in the printing press or I, cause I don't, I don't, I don't know anything um, about these Heidelberg machines, you know, how, no, how does that's, that a, that's a great question. Yeah. That's a great question. So the process of letterpress, you know, if I don't, I don't want to take you too much into, into the history of it, but essentially traditional letterpress used, uh, small letters that people would kind of put next to each other and then they would make a whole word and that's how they printed stuff but over the oh, years okay. people wanted their own logos illustrations all that kind of stuff it is a little restrictive in the sense that you cannot get a photo letterpress printed per se so it, sure. it has to be a single or a couple of color illustrations and you know it's either in or out so it's it's full lines just you know illustrations of vector files so eventually that that's that's preferable but we we have a section for all of these you know q a's for technical technical file saving you know questions and we're, we're just happy to answer all of them Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine. Like, I'm looking at this Cleveland thing. the The Cleveland coasters are uh-huh. pretty complicated. I mean, it's not complicated necessarily, but it's got detail to it. You know, like the the yeah. the picture here. But they're so. all single lines, so there's yeah. not gradients. You I can can't see ha- that. really have a lot of gradients. It's perfect. You even got the seagulls in there, though. <laughs> yeah, that's actually <laughs> from a photo. Damn seagulls! It like cartoonized it into an illustration and yeah, it became a coaster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the seagull cracks me up because you drive that when you're driving down, uh, when you're driving, the bridge. yeah, they're any of those bridges there, they're just a million of them. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, um, it is pretty representative. <laughs> the sea rats. I, um, I saw that you had uh, some St. Patty's Day, uh, little thing yeah. so was that for a company or was that just saint patty's yeah. day decoration well, i saw so, i saw the bags for the deli yeah have you have you, have you guys been to the express deli in so it's it's five minutes from my work but i've never been there because it Dude, every time i'm missing out big time well so here's the thing every time like when we were still working in the office I've, you know we haven't been in the office for a year but uh okay. at lunchtime the line would be like out the door so I only have a certain right. amount of time for lunch. So I would always try and yeah. catch it like after work, but their hours are, are are that like they close at like five. So when I get out of work and I'm driving home, they're already closed. Right. Um, so apparently you can call in your order. And recently they, they added a, a, 
an order online option. So you can put in your order. They'll get it ready. You just walk in, pick it up, and leave. So that, that kind oh. of works out great, you know, for the lunchtime. Yeah. And um, I will say I've heard well, yeah. nothing but incredible things about the uh, Express Deli. Oh, yeah. They, I think, either last year or the year before – they were on Yelp's top 100 places to eat in the country, and they yeah. got number 41. Wow. Yeah, so, and I'm sure I'm sure tomorrow they're gonna have they're gonna sell a hell of a lot of corned beef. It, it is their biggest day. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what what we did was uh, I I print all their bags. Usually it's got the red logo of Pierre, the owner, who's got you know the the handlebar mustache. Nice. And you know so we we collaborated on this. Uh, St. Patrick's Day print, which is in green with the clovers for, for this special week. So tomorrow is going to be a big day. I highly suggest you guys put in your orders online if if you're going you're gonna to head there. I might have to do that. I might have to try and do that tomorrow. I need some corn yeah, beef. Yeah, and, and oh, even if you go tomorrow, corn just beef or try, and, try and get their, you know, they, they got the corned beef, Reuben, pastrami, Ooh, turkey wrap, all that, all that awesome stuff. Yeah, they're, they're great. Have you, how, were you, had you ever, is St. Patrick's Day, I assume it's probably not a thing in, in Lebanon, right? Is, no. Yeah. Was no, it, no, was no. it weird seeing how, cause Cleveland, just so you know, Cleveland is actually one of the biggest cities in America, you know, really? aside from Boston, Chicago, New York, like it's one of the biggest cities that celebrates it. So it's, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously COVID wrecked it last year, but if you saw it 2019 or 2018, it was absolutely uh-huh. insane downtown like, that's awesome that's awesome here's kind of a nerd question yeah we don't we don't celebrate it there so this is all still you know part of the experience for me no corned beef in beirut uh we do not know it's not <laughs> a big thing there so we have, you know we're, we're recently they're moving into smoked briskets and you know restaurants are opening okay with with that kind of that kind of cuisine but corned beef wasn't really a big thing no huh so i have a quick question kind of a nerd question so i was uh i took a typography class last year so i know all about fonts and typefaces and sans serif serif fonts there you go Uh, do you have a preference what's easiest to work with what do you enjoy the most just favorite font um just something random. I don't know. Just, just, just stay away from Comic Sans. No, just <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Um, so for you know, I, I I'm biased because I work on the presses. You know, if I were a designer behind a screen, and just that, I make all kinds of beautiful stuff that might not be feasible. But thin serifs on fonts don't often come out in letterpress. So. I prefer fonts that do not have them, you know, because I'm biased to having an easier production process and not have any issues. Recently, we uh, we embossed cards for a photographer, and they were they were really really tiny, and it was it was almost risky, but you know it it, it they turned out great. But it's you know one of those things where you're pulling out all the stops to get it perfect. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, do you have any future plans, any new products or machines or ideas coming up or anything like that? So I, um, I'm worse. There's several things, actually. 
one of them is more products are going to be on the shop. Uh, we actually added those bags that you saw. They're a product on the Etsy shop. So you can go in, sub, uh, you know, purchase the listing. We'll send you uh, an email and you'll send in your logo and you get printed bags. Uh, Etsy is, it's not that it's restrictive, but you have to include a certain amount of, you know, uh, options. So if someone wants anything more than what's listed, we can always do that. The wedding invites are new on the shop as well. Uh, we're we're always adding stuff. Um, recently, I started giving out a couple of free projects for local Cleveland businesses. This is an uh, an initiative to support local artists and small businesses. It's it's you know it's not meant to sustain you for your printed goods for a whole year, but at least it, it's just, you know, a, a support and, you know, a small push and people get to see their logos pressed in and kind of in that fancy light, I guess. So yeah. this month, th this month we were going to offer four local businesses, a free letterpress project. And hopefully every month, you know, a couple of businesses are, are going to get, are going to get this privilege in. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's a great idea. Very cool, man. Uh, yeah. I want to I want to ask too before we get to like the the little pop question, the pop-up questions I have yeah. for you about Cleveland. Um, we we obviously as we spoke before this, we learned about you through uh, Birdtown Coffee, uh, Stu. Yeah. Uh, he shouted you yeah. guys out as one of his favorite local Great places. guy, man. He's, yeah. he's such an awesome guy. Shout out Absolutely, Birdtown. absolutely. Great coffee too. Um, how oh, did yeah. that like relationship, how did you guys meet? Like, how do you guys know each other? So I, you know, me and me and Stu met through Instagram and I, I offered for him to come by for a studio visit to see the machines. And the moment he came in, I realized, you know, this guy is almost just like me, but with coffee machines, he likes to get mm -hmm. old coffee machines, mm -hmm. fix them, get them up and running, you know, which is kind of my thing with the presses. So we, we got along pretty great, and eventually I went over to their uh, their coffee place in uh, the Screw Factory where, where they roast their coffee, mm -hmm. which is a great space. A lot of artists over there. It's a beautiful space. And, yeah, he's, he's awesome. We're actually working on a, on a project together, and uh, hopefully soon we'll, we'll uh, reveal the whole thing. Ooh, we'll be excited to look out for that. that that's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Great, yeah, no, they're great. Um, I, we we had so we had such a great time interviewing them. Like it was just it was just such an enjoyable episode, and it's been such a great episode with you so far. So uh, I just was curious how. Thank that you so connected. much, and I appreciate yeah, you guys, you know, inviting me over. Yeah. Um. So recently, I don't know if you saw in the package that I gave you. There's a sheet of paper that's kind of rough. Did you see that? Uh, let me double check. A sheet. Are you talking about the one that has like the heart on it, or? No, it's just a folded piece of paper. Oh, let me see. Do we have, is it right there? Mm -mm. Maybe I didn't bring that over. Uh-oh. That, mm. th that's fine. Um, uh, so, so recently I've been, th there's, there's something called the Morgan Conservatory here. And they are a paper making studio uh, and, and a letterpress printing studio. And what they do is they offer open an open space for artists to head over, use their facilities, 
um, start, you know, printing their art or at least experiment if that's something they want to get into and and explore more of. And recently, I've been working with Tom Balbo, who's the owner of the Morgan, and we've been making paper from scratch. So this is the the sheet that that was in the the sheet that was in the package is actually like a sheet of paper that was made from old rags so it was it was made yeah it was made from you know from old t-shirts and then they get beaten with uh, you know they they get beaten in water and strained with a certain frame that's called a mold and deco and dried into the sheet of paper so that's that's something I'm I'm really excited to explore, and you know learn more of. Tom is is a great you know mentor, and he's an expert in paper making. So that's that's something I'm really excited about. Yeah, for sure. and that, and he's uh where is he based out of this? So in the city. So right? so Tom Tom is in Cleveland. He's a Cleveland based artist, and mm. he owns the Morgan Conservatory, which okay. is a paper making and letterpress studio. Um. Another another great space is Zygote Press, which is on East Thirtieth, and they they have an open space where you can go and you know rent. It's like renting out time, and you can use their facility for printmaking, which hmm. is oh, pretty wow. amazing. You know, as as someone who's starting off and they don't want to buy all the equipment, they want to experiment and see if this is something they want to get into. So yeah, Zygote Press is also great. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, thanks for uh, uh, shouting out those businesses. We'll definitely uh, yeah look look into them and hopefully reach out as well. Um, yeah, I also yeah. apologize about the paper. I I don't know if if oh, I that's fine. missed it or something. It was, it was but... in the bubble bubble package. Okay, I will. Yeah, maybe it's just I left it at home. But I mean, I'm looking online. I'm seeing. I'm looking at their Instagram. I, I see what you're talking about. Like the rough. It's like a yeah. rough looking paper. Yeah, they have a lot of workshops for printmaking and you know just community outreach. Honestly, the 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 reason I started this whole you know the the the, the nine six one collective is to to start giving workshops for the community. And in a way, revive this this craft that is more or less. It's not that it's dying; it's just there's less and less people that know about it and know how to do it. Yeah, my generation isn't really the generation that is into letterpress. So most letterpress print printers are older. Uh, it would be nice to start teaching generations about how letterpress works and what goes into it, and that that's one of my main you know, focuses, but now with COVID, it's all on hold. So hopefully soon. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's great. Uh, anything else you want to plug with about your business or about yourself or anything before we move on to these questions? The little quick uh, Not questions. really, but uh, I one of, one of the questions was, uh, you know, if, if, if we have a storefront, we, we do oh, not, yes. but if someone wants to come by and you know, go for a visit. We'll just schedule a visit, and you know, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about the process, what goes through from A to Z with the print. Um, show you the paper cutter, the machine, all the ink, all the paper options, all that kind of stuff. So, just let me know, and we'll schedule a visit. Similar to what Birdtown does, Birdtown offered uh, offers to do that as well. I think that's really cool. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That that's awesome. Yeah. Well, great. This has been a great interview. Appreciate your time. We got some more stuff to go through, of course. Um, let's uh, let's go through just some of these like these questions that I sent you. They're little quick questions about your favorite uh-huh. Cleveland, you know, uh, places. Just various Cleveland places. So we can start off with okay. with yeah. small business. I mean, you don't have to just say one. Like, if you have several, you want to shout out. Like, do you have any small businesses in Cleveland that that stick out to you? So. Um... There's there's a small business called Ridge and Roots, uh, owned by Gina, and what she does is she carves out linoleum blocks, which is you know a certain type of material for mm-hmm. printmaking, and she carves everything out with her hand. Wow! And it's pretty intricate stuff, and then she prints it manually and sells these uh, prints on her shop, which are beautiful. Recently, wow. she she made this owl print and. It's just, you know, the details are, are amazing, and she does such a great job and is very talented. So, you know, I I love her work. Awesome. We'll have to look her up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ridge um, and Roots. That's her handle. Okay. Perfect. And th- this might kind of be in the same vein as what we just said, but is there any local artists? Like, I, I you know, sometimes the line between an artist and a small business owner, like, yourself yeah. is kind of blurred but is there anyone else that sticks out as an artist that that, that there's uh... a lot of artists you know i i kind of don't want to forget anyone but sure. recently i've been loving the work of uh, lauren skunta okay her, her handle is El- elbow grease design i don't know okay. if you guys are familiar with her i'm not but no. she does a lot of she does a lot of different art mediums you know be it um w- working with wood and and uh sometimes um art installations and painting and you know my my favorite my favorite medium of hers is painting she does a beautiful job awesome you said elbow grease design is her tag elbow grease design lauren yeah perfect she's great yeah uh all right i know you said you're kind of getting used to the american breweries and stuff but uh what are some of the uh, cleveland breweries that have stuck out to you um, I've, I've only been to a couple, but I, I think Fatheads was, was one of the fun ones. You know, we, yeah. we used to go there and grab a beer and grab lunch. So sure. I, I'd say Fatheads is did, one did of my Did you favorite. go to the, to the really big Fathead? They have like two, two locations yeah. now. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's the one on Engel Road and Burke Heights. Yeah. Okay. So it, the, it's yeah, a so the pretty, yeah. it's a pretty big one. Yeah. It's the, it's the, I, I think that's, it's the yeah. beer hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh that's actually my favorite brewery in the city, so I'm glad you shouted them out. Really? Oh yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah, they've always I don't know why. I've just always been a big fan of them. I used to live like two minutes from their smaller original location. The saloon. Um, yeah, okay. the saloon, yeah, which I highly recommend by the way, if you ever make it out to North Olmstead. It's just a cozy that's atmosphere. Awesome. Yeah, and they have more of the well, I don't know about anymore, but they, they, they used to have a lot of the experimental stuff there. It would seem mm-hmm. like that at least, you know, they would have some, some weird, weird mixes and stuff, but, um, yeah, yeah. So is there any, let's do, let's just do like a bar. Like, is there a bar a rush, uh, a bar that sticks out? So I'm kind of, uh, I, I used to really enjoy the live jazz and live band scene. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, two of my favorite bars were the Bob stop music settlement and brothers lounge. Okay. Which I, you know, I, yeah. I went to a couple of live band concerts there and it was pretty fun, you know, 
I've heard so, a lot, I've yeah, heard a lot those of good are my about favorites. That, yeah. Brothers Lounge, I've heard a lot of good about that. You should check out Open Mic oh, Night yeah. at Hatfields. Shout out. Where is that? It's in uh, West Park on Lorraine Road. Okay. Uh, Lorraine, it's yeah. near Lorraine and 150th. Oh, that's awesome. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, in Camp's Corner. Um, what, what night is open mic night for them? Tuesday nights. Tuesday. So it's going on like right now. <laughs> let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's meet up. No more curfew. We're, we're, we're having open mic of our own, I guess. There we yeah. go. There we go. All right, I kind of probably yeah. know the, an- the 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 answer to this next one, but uh, coffee shop or roastery in the city? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, Birdtown is huh. is my go-to. <laughs> I-, I love Phoenix as well. I love going oh, to Phoenix, yeah. and you know, yeah. That's Jimmy's favorite. Jimmy's favorite is Phoenix. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, there you go. Jimmy rises from the ashes That's like awesome. a phoenix. Uh, <laughs> what about a favorite restaurant? Um, it's been a while since I've had a favorite restaurant. Yeah, I remember sure. a while back, I used to like a place called Zinji Noodle Bar. Yes. Oh, so good. In Gordon yeah. Square, right? Right next to Platform. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there a couple yeah. times. Yeah. They, they had a, they had a dish, which was, uh, eel, eel and rice. Ooh. And it was great. I don't know if they're still serving it, but that was, that was the bomb. Yeah. I need to check that out next time I go, for sure. And and if if you want a Lebanese restaurant, that's uh, Nate's Deli. Oh yes, uh, yes. On West Twenty Fifth. All right, so real quick, I'm I'm gonna jump in here. So my grandpa no longer can really drive himself, or he's he's in an assisted living home. But back a few years ago, when he still was able to drive and all that, we used to meet at least once a month. We used to meet at Nate's Deli. Uh, when I went to see that's CSU. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was always his favorite place. We would also go to Aladdin's, um, yeah. Aladdin's Bakery, uh, the one right. that's on Prospect, I think, but I can't okay. remember. Uh, is it? Do you guys remember the, the it's near the it's near the ballpark? Um, what uh, the Lebanese place near the ballpark? I can't remember. I think it's on Prospect. What's it called? It's called Aladdin's Bakery. It's not. It's not. It's not the uh, chain. It's not the chain. The, the Middle East. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to. Remember. I know exactly where it yeah, is. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I can. I can shoot you the address if you've never been. But yeah, no. I'm glad yeah. you shouted out Nate's. I'm a huge fan of Nate's. Great spot. Great spot. Yeah, Nate's is awesome. They got great food. Absolutely. Uh, all right, we have two more. Let's do festival or event. Obviously, 2020. But it sounds like you had some time <laughs> previously to 2020 that you could have gone to some festivals. Was yeah. there any festivals that stuck out? Um, I used to love going to the Museum Mix. I don't know if you guys used to go to that. Um, the, oh, the Cleveland the, Museum. The Art used, Museum? Used to, yeah, yeah. We never they went. They used to have them. Yeah. Oh, the, awesome. the ones that were on like Friday uh, nights? Was it? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I always wanted yeah, to go to one of those and never went. But it was nice. You know, they open up the museum. You can go in, yeah. check the art and... They usually have it was, like it was just a nice time. They usually have like themed uh, live music and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've I've always seen like those being like advertised on social media and stuff, and I'm I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. go to one of those, and then I just never went. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and uh, you know, I I recently got you know how your phone pops up memories. So yeah. It popped up a memory of a picture there, and looking back and how we were all just you know just crowded and yep. it feels wild like a different time man it's just yeah, it's, it's yeah. you ever been to the feast of the uh, assumption I, in little italy no 
So that's the that's the Italian fest every year. And you talk about packing sardines in a can, man. Yeah. You go down. Yeah. You go down to the. It, it's usually uh, late August. It's it's right okay. generally right before uh, Labor Day, and like okay. if you go down, it's usually from like Thursday through like Monday, and if you go down there on like okay. Friday or Saturday nights, it's just nuts how many people are down there. It is. It's an amazing festival. Oh, though. it's my favorite. Uh, I, mean, I think you would probably that, like that's it. That's awesome. I think you would like it a lot. I really do. It's yeah, it's really cool. I man, I hope things get back to just somewhat. Right. Yeah, I hope. I, I hope by fe- I hope by late August we're able to have yeah. we're they're able to have uh the, the feast yeah again. all yeah. right i also uh, enjoy uh you know have you guys ever been to 78th street studios it's i've never been inside like Screw but, factory it's yeah. this art industrial building that hosts um walk art walkthroughs every third friday of the month that's in and uh, they stopped it for a while and then now I think it's back again, but you have to RSVP and sort of kind of book your spot. That's yeah. in so, Gordon, yeah, that was Gordon, also fun. That's in the Gordon Square area, right? Like, um, uh, yeah, I believe in, yeah. it's it's we've, in. I, I don't know if it's called Edgewater area. Or not, yeah, not yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we've weirdly enough we've never been there, but we used to like shout it out all the time. Like we used to do like festival yeah. festival of the week kind of a thing or like event of the week and we would always mention it. We just never made it out, but now hopefully I can we can do that once things are uh, a little more normal. So Yeah, it's um, a great way to find out new artists, you know, local artists in Cleveland and showcase the stuff and Absolutely. Um, yeah. all right. And last one, uh, again, I know you're, you're still getting used to the city, but do you have a favorite Cleveland yeah. sports team that, that, that sticks out? Or... I'm, I'm not really very familiar with the sports teams yet. You know, I went to one tailgate, uh, last year. It was, it was a wild experience, yeah. you know, just <laughs> yep. went in the morning, you know, at the muni lot and it was just insane. It's, it really is crazy. It really, it really is yeah. a whole different. The NFL sports experience in America in general is just a whole different thing. But yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Well, great. That that wraps up the little the little questions that we had. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So we are going. I know Dan has. One, we'll be going through some free agency stuff for the Browns. So um, I'll let him. Uh, Oh, my bad. Okay, I'm I'm confused. I don't know. <laughs> Never <laughs> Any- mind. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess not. My bad. Um, but anyhow, uh, so yeah, what are your? Let's go through the social media plugs for you. Um, if you want to yeah. go through those right now, and we can make sure to uh, shout those out. So my personal one for the photography page is S H A D I. A-Y-O-U-B, so that's Shadi A-U. Um, the business account for the 961 Collective is at T-H-E 961 Collective, so the 961 Collective. Perfect. And is there like a website yeah. as well we can direct people yeah. to? Yeah, so the website is also the961collective.com, and then the Etsy shop is the same thing, the 961 Collective. Perfect. Perfect. 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and that and I, if I just to clarify, I do remember you said that's where people, a lot of people place orders, and that's where you know you can. Yeah, because yeah. so there, you know, the the items that are on Etsy are customizable, and if you have something that you don't think is available on the Etsy store, just email, and we'll we'll take care of that. Perfect. Awesome. Well, yeah. we really appreciate your time, Shadi. This has been a thank great, you guys great so much for for having me. I hope you enjoyed 100%. you know the the drink and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, what's it yeah. called? How do you pronounce it again? Ada. It's A R A K. Ada. Ada. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll say this for our listeners out there: if you like licorice, you'll freaking love this. You'll ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, put a little water in it and. You know, yeah. just sip on it. Yeah, and, and it'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, if Ryan did it, then it's not that bad. Hey, hey, <laughs> honest, hey, honest to God, yeah. honest, you, hey, go. hey, you are hey, not hey. wrong. There you go. <laughs> well, perfect. All right. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what these references are? By the way, are you a wrestling fan at all? I know I used to watch him as a kid. Okay, but, so but you know, you know who Stone Cold older, is. I kind of drifted away. So yeah, but like it, he's a yeah. pop like pop culture icon. Even if you don't know wrestling, you know who Stone Cold is. Oh yeah, well, the guy with the beard is Smash. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's three. It's March thirteenth. It's three sixteen day. His famous line is Austin three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass." So everybody on <laughs> social media is. Everybody on social media is posting <laughs> Stone Cold memes, videos, gifts, all that stuff. So that's the inspiration. That's for awesome. That. That's awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, again, thanks so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, you know what? I tell you what, in the future, when 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 you're mm-hmm. ready and comfortable, maybe we can go out there and, and do a little. We're on TikTok now, so I'm trying I... to. I would that. love that so much because yeah. uh, honestly, I think you will really enjoy it. Even if for sure you're not into graphic design or the arts or printing in general, just seeing the whole space and seeing those machines run is very intriguing and to say the least. So yeah, I would love to have you go and just show you around. Yeah. Well, like for I said, sure. well, I would love to do a TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I have been a uh, real, real into that lately with the, the one I made yeah. for the account. So I'd love to shoot a little video for, for, uh, about. Yeah. Your place. Yeah, so. of course. Cool. I'd love that. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Anything else for shoddy awesome. before we wrap up or no, man, I just no, I appreciate it again. Coming. Thank you so much yeah. for your time. This was awesome. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it a lot. So thank you. Cool. All right. Thanks shoddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sure. All right, thanks again to Shoddy from the 961 Collective. Uh, check out all of his stuff, social media, all that. He posts some really great pictures and does some really great work. We've got the coasters and some of the postcards and business cards and stuff in front of us, and um, they are super cool. So, But anyway, uh, we need to get into some free agency talk because free agency opened up in the NFL yesterday. Well, the, quote, legal tampering period. Technically, free agency starts tomorrow, but uh, teams have kind of announced deals, but they don't become official until tomorrow. So the Browns made, I don't know, what would you call it? Not exactly a giant splash yesterday. You know, it's not a move that, like, is going to, like, blow a lot of casual fans away. Yeah. But I think that 
John Johnson is probably because of a couple other guys getting like re-signed or tagged elsewhere. Like he was probably the best at his position available, and we went out and we got him on a pretty reasonable contract. So uh, John Johnson the third played safety for the Rams for the past few years. John Johnson the third. I love it. Um, I love the move. He's an absolute stud. He's 25 years old. We signed him to a three-year deal, so he's going to be in, in peak physical yep. shape. People, anytime people are talking or tweeting about the guy, obviously his play speaks for itself. He was the third highest ranked uh, safety according to uh, Pro Football Focus last year. But then every time you hear Analytics, his name, baby. it's yeah. I, analy- I'm a big analytic nerd, so I, mm-hmm. I love that stuff, which uh, which is also one of the many reasons why I'm a big uh, Andrew Barry guy. But right. everyone talks about his leadership and the intelligence, and like nobody can mention his name without saying something positive about his character and yeah. his intelligence. And so he was a team captain for them last year. He was like he was the guy with the the green dot helmet. He was having plays called in. Yeah, uh, to him on the field, and so he's going to slide right into crazy that the Rams had had to let him walk. Too. It's it's well, they're in such a bad financial situation. Right. Well, that's the thing. Paying Jared Goff yeah. a bajillion dollars yep. to not play for them, paying Matt Stafford, and now paying Stafford, Andrew, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey. You're paying all. They just re-signed Leonard Floyd. Like, you j- there's you know, it's L.A., so you think they'd have uh, an unlimited amount of money, but there's only so much. Uh, money you can spend in the NFL salary cap and you sports. can manipulate you can manipulate the cap to a certain extent but not not beyond that not there. beyond the realm of you know possibility with uh you know you can't pay everybody it's you one can't, of those yeah. well especially when you have so much wrapped up just in those two quarterbacks alone you know that yeah. I don't know what the numbers are but that's got to be 30 35 percent of their cap just right. in those two guys right and how about so, the fact that uh his agent said that he took less money to come play for the Browns. That was, I mean, when's that? How great is that? We have, we've never experienced that in our life. No. We've never experienced that. Usually no. we have to do the opposite. We yeah. have to overpay for an over-the-hill kind of guy to come extend his career on one last payday. And so, you know, the fact that we have people willing to come to Cleveland, first and foremost, but, oh, by the way, turning down more money elsewhere – I mean, I don't know if there's a team out there, and obviously we're biased as hell, but I don't yeah. know if there's a team out there that found – a better player at their biggest like area of weakness than we just did yeah. with this signing. I mean, there's other bigger names out there, and there's other more exciting players, I'm sure, across the board. But in terms of what we needed the most and the quality we just got in him, it's a home run uh, Especially of, of with a the signing. Especially the style of defense that Joe Woods wants to play. He wants to play three safeties. He wants to start three safeties. And and let's just say, and obviously I hope that Grant Delpit can come out of this injury and be the guy we mm-hmm. drafted, but let's just say, God forbid, he's not. Something's wrong. not quite right. Well, now we have, you know, we have at least three years yeah. of, of, of John Johnson in his, again, in his prime. He is, he's, you know, grooving. Uh, I'm a big Ronnie Harrison guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a. I think that's a great move. I mean, John is the oldest of the three at 25 crazy. years old. That's crazy. Delpit and Harrison. Delpit 22. 20, Harris Harrison 23. 23. So and Johnson 25. Our yeah. safeties. It's as much bitching as I did this past year about it. Our we we could flip the we could com- do a complete 180 with our safety room. Um, yeah. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Well, guess who, we guess we need everyone to be healthy. Guess who's not going to be starting this year? Employee 23. Yeah, he won't even be on the <laughs> roster. He's no, a free agent. No, he won't be back. Um, uh, Carl Joseph uh, probably won't be back either. Yeah. Um, They'll probably hold on to red wine. Yeah. Um, I was so hopeful for him, too. and you know, I mean, since we're going to be playing three safeties, you need more than three. We're going to need depth because somebody's going to get hurt yeah. at some point. Yeah. And, I mean, and, Delpit, and, hasn't, Delpit hasn't played yet, and Ronnie Harrison, for as much as we love him, 
you know, he was hurt for half the season last year. True. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna definitely need depth. Yeah, maybe we bring back one of those guys. Then maybe maybe do if how funny would it be if Sendejo stays? Not employee twenty three. <laughs> I don't uh, know. So that you know, he gets he gets ripped on probably more than he should, but. He, I tell you what, I was talking to my dad about him the other day. He, he clearly, he wasn't like slacking off. I would never look at him and say like the dude wasn't trying. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't great. He usually wasn't even good, but he, he, he fought like hell and I, I have, I have respect for what he put in. Uh, it just it just wasn't good enough. He'd be yeah. I, I could be fine with him as like an emergency depth guy. Like yeah. he should never be a which, starter. Which is interesting too is he was a decent player in Minnesota. Yeah, he was. It's just it's just one of those things where you know football's a sport where you think a guy that he's probably just barely. I think he's like thirty one. Mm-hmm. You know, in most sports, you think thirty one's not that old. I mean, for God's sakes, it's two years younger than I am. But in football, like once you get into your thirties, like it can go like that. Yeah, life comes at you fast, yeah. and uh, you know you lose just that. But by the time you get to that level of play, everybody's so damn good that if you lose that half step, it, it could it could all be over. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why guys have you know the average career is like two or three years or something. Mm-hmm. For every 10, 12, 13 year career, yep. there's there's a bunch of guys who bounce around from practice squads or, or last a year or two. So. Um, yeah, our our safety situation just flipped on its head, which is really exciting to see. Um, I thought that they might do something at corner. If so, it, it quickly became Still apparent, might. you know, I mean, it's Still not might. it's not game over on that it's for just, sure. It's just not going to be a big ticket. The, the, the big, big name, guy. the big ticket name at corner that we were hearing about was Shaq Griffin from. Uh, yeah, form, that, form, that kind of came out of nowhere last it, night. It, it sort of did. Uh, and then Josina Anderson signs with the Jags. The Jags are overpaying for a bunch, but the Jags are what we have been historically. They're, Absolutely, they're overpaying for a bunch of guys. Again, not scrubs, but they're paying too much. I mean, Shaq Griffin's a Shaq Griffin is a nickel corner, and he's he he just got a fifteen million dollar year contract. Yeah, he I got mean, he got. I mean, and, hey, good for him because again, yeah. in the blink of an eye, it could be all gone. So yeah. I, I don't fault any of these players for taking these deals. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, make every dime you can while you can. And what I think is great, and you can kind of see the the trend happening is. I feel like the Browns and, uh, you know, a lot of this comes back to analytics and, you know, what positions you pay and who you pay and all this. I feel like the Browns had a determined dollar figure at positions that they weren't willing to go. They were not going to get into a bidding war with these players. I think what they what they told a lot of these guys were was, and this is kind of transitioning into the defensive end talk because there was a run on defensive ends last night. Um, the Browns kind of probably had numbers for each of these players and presented them to their agents. Be like, hey, here's what we're going to offer. If you can find a better deal, great. We're not going to hold it against you. Go ahead, go get paid. But if you want to come play for the Browns, here's our number. And yeah. it's not like like years past where feel like the Browns would get desperate and they would overpay for these guys and you know they'd end up getting screwed on it so you you got like last night I can't remember the order but <clears throat> was it like Bud Dupree signed and then Carl yep. Lawson signed and yep. then Hendrickson signed and um who else was in there um was those, there somebody before Dupree there might have been but anyway, I mean, even going back to J.J. Watt way right. before all this, because he was allowed to sign a while ago because he was released, yeah. not a free agent. I see. I, I was one of the guys who um, didn't really want Bud Dupree. Uh, he's coming off the ACL. Which, the injury which was the big thing for me. Yeah, which ACL in sports nowadays, it's not like 
prohibitive, like maybe an Achilles would be, which we're holding our breath and crossing our fingers for mm-hmm. Grant Delpit. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a guy coming off an ACL injury to get a five-year, $82.5 million contract from the Titans, I mean, God bless him. <laughs> go go yeah. get it. I, you know what? The the best I can say, knowing that we weren't going to pay that much, uh, at least he's out of the division. At least we yeah. don't, you know, we don't have to mess with him again. It was a little bit of a bummer to see Hendrickson go to the Bengals simply because if we were going to miss out on any of these guys, I wish that they at least yeah. went elsewhere. Oh, the other was Yannick Ngakwe with the Raiders. Oh, that's right. Um, he got two. He got only a two year contract. He which, got two year at like thirteen yeah. or fourteen mil. Yeah, I think two, two years, twenty six mil. Yeah, which honestly, I tell you it's what, probably for, good for him because. In two years, the cap's going back up. Yeah. He's he's young enough to where he's going to be. He's another one of these guys who's going to be able to cash in again. I think I think Dupree coming off the injury was probably like, hey, let 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 me get my money now, right, and make sure I got it. And that would I said that right there. You hit on exactly why I was a little bit surprised we didn't make a run at any of those guys and do that just that where we yeah. we would do like thirteen or fourteen million a yeah. year for two years didn't seem like it would break the bank because I I know that like we've got extensions looming we've got Baker coming up sure what are we gonna do about Denzel we've got Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb yeah um there's gonna there's a lot of question marks and I know that that's all coming up Mac Wilson <sighs> you know. Again, he tries really hard. Yeah. Hey, That's, hey maybe he bounces back. Who you knows? never know. Again, he's real. I tell you, he's not far off. I really, I do firmly believe that. He yeah. really does make a lot of almost plays. And if, if he can just get one or two things right, maybe some of the half of, if half of those almost turn into actual plays, all of a sudden we've got a stud on our hands. Yeah. But um, I was a little bit surprised we didn't try to do like a Carl Lawson or Yannick Ngakwe for two years at anywhere between 25 and 30 million. Um, and maybe we did. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they just were like, hey, uh, so and such and such team is offering us three years or four years. You want to match it? And the Browns said, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Um, and, and it's like you said. I mean, there's still some guys out there. Um, uh, and, and, and I think what a lot of this points to is we're probably going to go – some kind of edge rusher or linebacker at 26 in the draft. I, I probably, yeah. I mean, maybe we even move up. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. We we don't have a lot of experience with Andrew Barry, you know, draft wise. Maybe he, if if a player on their board is staring them in the face at 20 and it's worth packaging something to move up, maybe they do. I have. Did no you idea. see uh, Quan Alexander got released by the Saints? I did see that. Boy, the Saints are in a bad space. That uh, that would be that would interest me. Yeah, uh, Quan Alexander. Um, he's one of those. He's one of those uh, athletic linebackers who can run, which I think is what we're looking for in our defense, since we're probably only going to employ two starting linebackers. Um, he he would interest me. Uh, just getting released today uh, as a cap casualty because the the Saints were a bajillion dollars over the salary cap. Yeah, they were in a rough spot. Uh, so bad that they gave T- Taysom Hill a four-year, hundred forty million dollar contract, which all four years are voidable. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh, by the way, where did that whole this whole voidable thing? I have came? no I've, idea. I've but never once heard no. this. But all of a sudden, a bunch of these like cap strap teams. Yeah, yeah, it's some loophole it, probably in the CBA or whatever. Something where you can like space out the cap hits or whatever, yeah, and you, you take de- yeah. you can, you'll eat dead money later, but it saves you right now. It's kind of right. it's kind of like what Pittsburgh's done for years in that they right. just constantly keep pushing the crap. We'll deal with it next yeah. year. We'll deal with it next and year. And there's uh, given the new TV contracts, which still haven't come out yet, but um, uh, a lot of people are saying that the salary cap's gonna in like three years is gonna be at two hundred and fifty million dollars. This year is one eighty after yeah. going down from. 
uh, like 195. Yeah. I think they're uh, 182 and a half right now. Yeah. Which is not actually 100% accurate because some teams do have rollover cap, which, you yeah. know, can can change things, but the mm-hmm. base is 182. Like the Browns, the Browns' actual salary cap this year is like 211 million. Something like that. Because they had like thir- they had the most, I think, in rollover cap, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I'm glad that we're doing something, and I'm also glad that we're not getting sucked into bidding wars in the frenzy. Obviously, Twitter was nuts for the past two days. Everyone's been wanting a big splash. Yeah. I understand the excitement of it, but half the battle in this situation is not overpaying. It's knowing value. It really right. it comes down to there's tons of great players out there. It's just a matter of are you going to get the most value for your dollar? Yep. And it's just a gigantic like eight-dimensional chess game trying to figure out how to build this thing. And and also like unlike la- like people Browns fans saw what we did last year in free agency and was like, "Okay, do that again." Right. Well, we had 70 million dollars in cap space last year. We were we, the, we were Bill Belichick and the Pats this year. Yeah. It's which they're throwing that's, around. That's a weird situation going on there. And they're not he even just great. spent Bill Belichick just spent 90 million dollars on tight ends. In the last two days, yeah, between Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, but but both are great players. Oh, absolutely! But, but the the but, wider the wide receivers that they signed were head scratchers for me. Yeah, it was yeah. Nelson Aguilar got. I I I, I figured I figured they were going to go big game hunting with like Kenny Galladay. Actually, I was hoping because now I'm terrified of him ending up in Baltimore. Exa- that's that's, 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 that's where hap- I was going. That's what's happening right now, and I hate it. I'm that's so I'm going. already pissed for what the, the the news will break within the next day or so. It's it's it's, it's okay though because Lamar Jackson won't be able to get him the ball. So <sighs> see, that's I just I, we we just is, is we we are hey, in lockstep you know on listen, Baker standing, and listen, we disagree like crazy listen, on Lamar. Listen, if 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 Kenny Galladay wants to line up as a tight end and stay in between, <laughs> and stay in between the hash marks Lamar can get on the ball it if could, Kenny Galladay wants to play his position and play outside the numbers eh. it could be a chicken and egg thing though because if Kenny if Galladay's lining oh, up I'm, and, I'm mainly joking and, yeah no I know but I'm just I'm terrified of them having because they haven't had a legit deep threat so no. far they tried to draft one in Hollywood Brown but he's we got the real Hollywood yeah for he's now. tiny <laughs> yeah he's that's another one he's he's tiny and uh, can't stay healthy but um, by the way wide receiver been a weird market outside of the Pats and what they I did? I think this is shaping up exactly the way the Browns want wanted to because I think they might be able to get Hollywood back on 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 a team friendly. I think Hollywood might have to take another one year deal. He might. He very one, now, another one or two year type. He situation. might. He might get a decent raise. Like he made nine hundred thousand dollars last year. He might make three million this year. Yeah. That'd be fine. Um, I mean, and I I would honestly be fine even overpaying again within the context of this year. Sure. As uh, granted, this is super just fandom speaking because the NFL is such a brutal business. They won't just give out money as like past due, like, hey, bud, you took a deal for us last year. They're not going to throw many bones like that. But if we could do something where it's like a like a two year deal that averages six, you know, or or I I should say averages like six and a half or seven, where it's slightly more than three million a year. And I don't know. Whatever we can do for him, I would love to keep him. I understand that it's hard to pay 100%. your third receiver a lot of money, especially considering they tendered Kaderil Hodge. Yeah. Um, and so I, who knows? Um, but I, I just I, I don't see the problem with bringing back the same wide receiver room, especially given how much like chemistry they have. It's not going to have. cost us more money. No, no, like everyone a couple million. To everybody, keep Higgins, but. yeah, Higgins is the question mark, but everybody else has already you know it's been bought and paid for. They've they've yeah. already we already know those. Money. Next year is going to be the year where we're gonna they're gonna have to make some tough decisions on that hundred percent that uh that room because like you said, um, the big contracts are coming. Yeah, uh, you know what happens if Denzel Ward uh, plays like a lockdown Pro Bowl cornerback this year? He's going to be 
getting big money. Um, the Browns are going to try like heck to extend Baker this offseason. I don't know if that's going to happen because uh, I think Baker's going to bet on himself again, and I think he's going to get a gajillion more dollars next year if he has another great year. Yeah, and I really hope to God we sign him. Whenever it happens, I hope it's before Lamar, and I hope it's before Josh Allen yeah, because those those two are going to – yeah, like every every time this the happens, ne- the next quarterback to sign is going to reset the market. We're constantly resetting the market, especially once yeah. we get out of these COVID years. So I, yeah. I hope that we can get Baker done ASAP, just to put this behind us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially because, like we see with Patrick Mahomes, the sooner you do it, the longer you can space things out, and it actually will it can lessen cap hits. You know, potentially yeah, down go, the road. Go, go try to figure out what the Chiefs are doing right now. Um, well, they saved a butt ton of money with uh, they did restructuring. With, uh, they're three big guys. Yeah. They cut both of their tackles and then they shelled out eighty million dollars for a guard. Yeah. Weird. It was a choice. That was a very it was a, Yeah, was a I mean I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, tr- I trust be, that their yeah. front office is also smarter than me, but still that was an interesting that yeah, whole thing weird. was crazy. They still don't have any tackles. No, they don't. No, they don't. Imagine but not having tackles and having Patrick Mahomes. Not a problem that we've had in Cleveland. Oh yeah. For a little while. Yeah, we we love tackles here. Yeah. Might as well well rebrand us the fighting Joe Thomases. Yeah. That's another that's another position group where uh, decisions are gonna have to be made next year. Yeah. This year we're gonna be able to get get away with it, but um, our offensive line is expensive. Yeah. It's gonna Um, be our 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 right tackle is making buttload of money. Mm -hmm. Um, our right guard is going to make a buttload of money uh, after probably this year. Uh, our center You know, we talk about OBJ and Jarvis and probably one of those guys this being their last year in Cleveland. I think this was probably J.C. Treader's last year in Cleveland. If he uh, plays as well as he has been, yeah. yeah. Somebody else will shoot for the Joe moon. Joe Batonio's making a buttload of money at left guard. Yep. Um, if if Jed Wills develops the way we want him to in three, four years, he's going to be making a buttload of money. The good news is by that point, the, the, the roster is going to be pretty radically different by the time we have yeah. to deal with Wills. Yeah. But, and it's, but the, the point the still stands. the going to be astronomically higher. That's the um, hope, but it's it's good. These are good problems to have, you know. Trying yeah. to figure out who to pay and what to pay him. I'd rather be doing this than going one and thirty-one. Yeah, in two seasons. or overpaying for Paul Kruger again, oh. or or, or uh, you know somebody somebody made a uh, 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 T.J. Henderson. Yeah, a guy I, that I, I did not want either. Yep. I didn't want him or Dupree. I was like, I, I'm good with anybody else, just not those two. He screams of Paul Kruger. Somebody, yeah, somebody tweeted about that, and that's probably he was why. Second that... in the NFL in sacks last year, but like he's he's played I think two other years and had like three sacks combined. Yeah, he came on hot. He made, yeah. he, he got paid off of one big old year. Yeah. So thought we were talking about Paul Crew from Longest Yard for a second. No, oh, no, no, <laughs> not Crew. <laughs> <laughs> got my attention. That's a great movie. Mean though. Machine. Yeah. The, yeah. Crow. Great movie. You know who's in that movie? I don't know. That's the Oh yeah, what a tie-in! It's the game ball. Yeah, I know. Seriously. <laughs> um. So yeah, free agency marches on. Um. Another guy that I was hoping kind of would enter the free agent market, Von Miller, got his option picked up today. Yep. I thought that could have been an option for the Browns. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm look, reading too far into that, but I feel like if I feel like if John Dorsey was still our GM, that. We might be talking to the Broncos about trading for him. 
But Andrew I'm, Barry is a GM. Yeah, and I'm fine not because, again, it goes back to value. Is he a, a high-caliber player? Absolutely. But the dollar value at right. his age. Yeah, he's another I, guy, I, 31. I can see how that would be a situation. We where, did sign a, a defensive end. We signed Tack McKinley uh, tonight. Uh, one year, $4 million prove-it contract, similar to like the Adrian Claiborne deal last year. I think there's a little more upside with McKinley because he's still only 25. I think the the ceiling's higher on McKinley. I think the floor is lower than Cl- sure. comparing comparing to Claiborne. Sure. I, I feel like yeah, exa- the contract's almost the exact same three and a half million versus four. Like you yeah. said, a prove it situation. Um, I, I like the move. I, I I mean, he was a first round draft pick for a reason. He obviously has been a, labeled a massive bust so far. He's been with three teams in yeah. four years, maybe four teams. In yeah, four he's years, one of those guys where maybe a change of scenery will will do him good. Sometimes that works. Sometimes yeah. it works. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how that pans out. That's definitely not going to be. He's he should not be our starter opposite Miles. Like he no. should definitely be. No, a, I a I agree with piece. what you said earlier. I think uh, edge rusher or linebacker in the draft is where we're looking first round. Yeah, um, and even maybe second. I mean, you can you can get a really good edge rusher uh, in the second round of the draft. Yeah, I mean, it, it's become... And we have two third-round picks. My hope is that everybody ahead of us goes quarterback and, and offensive line crazy. I mean, everyone's wide talking receiver, about... The, yeah. the wide receiver uh, draft class. I think that's why the wide receiver free agent class has been a little bit slow going. Yeah, probably. It's because the wide receiver class in the draft is insane. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that... I want as much offense to come off the board ahead of us as possible. 100%. Hopefully some legit like edge rusher type or backer can drop all the way down to us. Yeah. Because um, I think that's going to be where, you know, I, I, I've i joked about it, but I'm also not joking that every single draft pick could be defense and I'd be happy as a clown. Yeah. Like I, I would not fight that. Yeah. Um, I think if there's, if there's one, if there's one position on offense, we might look, uh, in the draft, it's receiver. Yeah, that that's fine. Especially, I mean, if Higgins goes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and even if we keep, him. but just guys to develop. Yeah. Because like like we've talked about that 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 position group is going to look a lot different after next year. But again, this is a good situation that good teams are in. in agreed. That you don't have to draft for immediate need. You can draft agreed. for two three years from and now. And I'd be great. I I would be incredibly uh, willing to deal with that uh dilemma after we win the Super Bowl. There we go. I can deal with that. Uh how uh speaking of the Super Bowl, how about uh how about the the Houston Texans pillaging our roster? Yeah. Signing a few players. Money Mitch signing with the Texans today. That was the one that I was most bummed about. Two years, seven and a half million. Yep. And then um, former Brown, uh Terod Taylor. Former Brown, former Charger. Terod Taylor. Constantly going to teams that are trying twelve and a half million dollars, man. I obviously that's that's their insurance policy if they do end up trading Deshaun. Yeah. It, well, I, he's probably going to end up starting for them anyway because they're either going to trade Deshaun or Deshaun's going to sit out. So, and you don't pay a quarterback twelve and a half million dollars for him to sit on the bench. So, although they might be paying a quarterback forty million dollars to sit on the bench, but yeah. the Washington football there. team might be paying. Uh, yeah, Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic. He'll be he'll be a backup by midseason. People are going to uh, scream. Depa- yeah, well, they're going to they're probably going to draft somebody. Yeah, they're going to start slow, and they're either going to whoever they draft and or Heineke. The Bears. Heineke just got paid pretty well. Yeah, the Bears gave uh, Andy Dalton thirteen million. <laughs> Is uh, Washington still going to be the football team? Yeah, they, to I, my knowledge, I yeah. would assume so. They haven't said anything. They'll just stick with us. Speaking they of, might. speaking of, and I don't, I don't mean to make a sharp turn, but before we end the episode tonight, uh, oh. speaking of team names, uh, 
I, I sent this to you guys. Uh, I want to know your thoughts. We've, we've talked about uh, in the Cleveland Indians team name change ad nauseum, uh, but this is what we really haven't talked about. Saucy Brew Works is uh, partnering with a group that is uh, petitioning the Indians to change the name to the Cleveland Municipals. And they are releasing a, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Is it Helles Lager? Hell's Lager? Uh, I actually don't know. It's a German know. style. It's a mm-hmm. German style yeah, lager, a, or whatever. Helles, very, I think it's Helles yeah. Lager. Um, called Municipal. And it's it's a it's a baseball design can and everything. So Saucy Brewworks is throwing their hat in the ring and telling the Indians to change their name to Municipals. Where do we put that on the hierarchy of pitched names? It's above spiders, right, Jimmy? Nope. I actually like Jimmy it. Jimmy likes spiders. I like municipals. I like it. I like municipals I better cool. than spiders. I w- yeah, I, I don't really like spiders. I wouldn't hate the idea of spiders. I think it's all right, but municipals... It's not original. They've had that was their name before. Well, I think that's why it's like Well, I mean that I think that's why it's That's okay. la- that's lazy. <laughs> come up with no, I I agree. I think municipals is cool. I I um you know, I probably prefer uh, Commodores or the uh, Guardians is still my favorite, but I like I like Commodores as well. But yeah, I'm cool with Municipals. Um, it's it just has a good ring to it, in my opinion. I don't do know. You, what do you guys think? Uh, somebody brought this up uh, the other day, and uh, I actually had a talk with uh, Taco Paul this morning about it. Uh, do you? What do you guys think about the colors? Do you think they should keep the colors? Should they change? Oh, should, should they do a complete total rebrand? No, I think it should keep the colors. Yeah, red, yeah, bright, blue. I, if you don't keep the colors, that negates like <laughs> so much of the the stuff people already have, which they're inevitably going to still wear. And and yeah. I just think it's just kind of rude. It's just kind of disrespectful at that point, in my opinion. From the but, business perspective, though, and I'm not advocating for this, but if you're trying to sell merchandise, oh, nothing, 100%. nothing like a complete, complete that, that, rebrand. That's a good point. To sell an well, army yeah, I mean, new it, crap. I I agree. Yeah, with no, you you have a good, <laughs> you you bring up a really good point there. And actually, now I don't know. I personally think keep it blue and red, yeah, and white, yeah. red, white, and blue. Why yeah. did I say it? Like I, that? I think if I think if you change the name to, to Commodores, and it, this is just because I've seen like some, um, like fan art or whatever, they they still have like the blues. They actually have a couple different blues in one of the logos. It's like blue and then like a yellow. There's no red. Um, it's kind of more of like a aquatic theme, mm-hmm. like being Commodores. Um, but yeah, I think municipal. If if it's going to be municipals, keep the colors the way they are. Yeah, um, yeah. Even that, even, that's... even I think guardians. You probably just keep the colors. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe add like a like a like a gray or a gunmetal like gray. Like yeah, for the maybe have a new alt alt jersey. Maybe yeah. that would be cool. But yeah. I don't really see the need to change. Ah, that's just me. Oh yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm like I'm lukewarm on municipals. I don't hate it, but it's not like I don't know. To me, it, it's it feels like like nationals to me, like Washington Nationals a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does, it does. But it's which, so, which, it's which a is totally a, different word, so yeah. it would be fine. But it kind of does sound like that, huh? right? See, it's actually funny you mention that because to me, I didn't go to Nationals. I actually went to the Mets because oh short, yeah, short for Metropolitan. absolutely because nobody calls them the Metropolitan. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What I said yeah. doesn't make sense. So like, what are yeah. we are we gonna run around and be like, oh, I'm gonna go watch a Muni's game? You know, I I don't know, like. I could see people abbreviating. It's one of those things where. So when I first heard it, I was. Did I watch the Munis? I was super low on it. I, I did Sounds not like, like it. Lot. 
Yeah. That's yeah. And so I'm thinking like, I don't know, maybe it, I'm warming to yeah. it, but I still don't really like it. There's a long list of the ideas. Name municipal of has a, the name municipal has a lot of history yeah. in the city. Cleveland Municipal Stadium. That's where right, the Indians right. used to play. The Muni lot. Right. Um, what do you, Ryan, I, I don't remember. What is your preferred? Name? I'm still on Team uh, Cleveland Baseball Club. Oh, all right. He's yeah. on the CBC. I'm on, I'm on the <laughs> I still really yeah. like CBC. Yeah, no, um, it's terrible. just it's just got like a. a what about like the Coyotes? A, that's that's worse. that's the worst the of all. The coy- I'm sorry to Hannah, but the Coyotes is the absolute uh, most ridiculous. It, it truly is. I under I understand her thought process, but I don't. It's lame. No, because it's every bad. city has Coyotes. Because <laughs> you're so picky. Yeah, but are, so aren't picky. they? Aren't they? Aren't, aren't, didn't she say they were like indigenous to like this area or They're something? Indigenous to like most of the U.S. Okay, like, well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> she had a reasoning. She, she thought said, it out. She said so, like a pack, like a no, tribe. She had a reasonings, and she had a she had yeah. a thought out argument for it. Like it's not. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's I'm, not yeah, my this favorite. Isn't like, I'm not. Yeah, it's just We're bashing just, her. Coyotes. No, wolves are cool. Cleveland Coyotes. It does. I'll say this. It does. Well, roll the, off alliter- the, the alliteration. Yeah. It does roll off the. But tongue. so does Commodores. Cleveland Commodores. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and baseball club. And so does Cleveland Guardians. No, What's see, uh, see, see, Cleveland baseball club sounds like it's. C- are we all C- divided? Oh yeah. So. What was yours, Jimmy? I like the spiders. Yeah. You're so weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I actually it's I don't so I don't like it as much as Jimmy, I but could, I I, I, I like it more than no, you guys. No, I too. can't. I just, no. It was it was already the name. Too the picky. merchandise, the the graphic design of the merchandise for spiders would be off the chain. So no, cool. No, because no. See, you want to know why I don't like it is because the the freaking reporters all tweet pictures of spider webs in the press box, be like, oh look, there's the new mascot. No. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. Uh, this is also I hate spiders, so that's another reason why I don't <laughs> no, want to. I would do it. Yeah, that so would do it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Cleveland Commodores. I, I'm okay with Guardians, and if they if they do municipals, fine. I just sp- spend some damn money and feel the competitive baseball team. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 go we'll leave it there because uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that we can talk about uh, with the Indians and uh, on the field and off the field. Uh, we've had, we've been we've been killing it with guests recently. We haven't really been able to get into the drama that's going on inside the Indians organization, but um, I'm sure it's not the last we've heard of it. So, I'm if you've sure seen we'll a it. garbage can on fire, you know what's going on yeah. uh, with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. So, but anyway, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, we talked some free agency, talked some Indians baseball. We drank some uh, Lebanese liqueur called uh, Arach. Arach. Something like that. And uh, shout out again to Shadi for uh, providing that for us tonight. And uh, check out the 961 Collective. Some uh, some really cool, e- even if you just want to check out some cool things on Instagram, uh, yeah, check that out. Absolutely. If you want to, if, if you need coasters, if you need business cards, if you need, you know, whatever, anything printed, um, check out his Etsy shop, 961 Collective, and uh, get on over to that. But uh, for us, you can follow us at the LOTL Podcast. LOTLpodcast.com, where we post all of our embedded links to our episodes. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So uh, thanks again to Shoddy for Jordan, Jimmy, and Ryan. I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land. We will catch you guys next week. See ya.